Are you ready? Yes. I like that. Yes, thought about it for a split second. Yeah. John Packwood Podcast, Connecticut Valley School of Music and Dance, beautiful downtown Portland, Connecticut. Come over the bridge, go through one set of lights, start looking left, call Yui, park in front of the store, have your own podcast here in our beautiful studio. Dave will tell you how at the end. Like and subscribe, uh, tell your friends, come on the show with me. I think that covers it. I think that's everything. Wait, I could have my own podcast? You can. Wow. Do- isn't it obvious? I mean, anybody, anybody can. If I could do it, anybody could do it. Yeah. Well, we're here today, the legendary Scott Morowski. Legendary. Well, you know what? In his own mind. He's a legend the, in his own mind. I speak the truth. This is the truthful, John Peckman truthful podcast. No, Scott, yeah, Scott Morowski, um, guitar player, among other things. Among other things. Drummer. Drummer. <laughs> No, um, so Scott, I think around these parts, most people know, um, is a founding member? Not quite. Right. Not quite a founding member. There's only one founding member, and that's John. Oh, okay. And then I joined a year in. Oh, okay. Well, Max Creek. We're talking about Max Creek, kids. Uh, band, legendary band around here since when? 1971. Ooh. I was four. Years old. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's heavy. Sorry. I was 14. Wow. Hey, that's that's pretty cool. That's not bad. That's not bad. So uh, Max Creek, uh, still a thing. Still a thing. Still a thing. Yep. Yeah. Still goes. Yeah. Still goes on. (laughs) Still goes. (laughs) Continues. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. That's cool. It's cool. Yeah. Right? Yeah. There's a certain, yeah, there's a certain thing to it being... It's it's not there's well there's three people in the front that have been there for more, fifty years or more. Okay. And then the drummer and percussionists are relatively, they're like been there ten years or so. But give us a give, give us a quick from the beginning just so we know from the beginning of of Creek. Let's do Creek real quick and then we'll then we'll go back to your beginning. So. Okay. So well, unless you want to do it the other way, if you want to. No no no, your... that's fine. I mean Creek started in seventy one as a three piece band with. Um, John Ryder, Dave Reed, and Bob Goslin. And Dave Reed was actually my trump, trumpet teacher when I was in elementary school. Oh, boy. And so he heard me play guitar and said, well, you should come jam. Hey. You know, it's when, I was, when I was a sophomore in high school. So I went over and jammed, and they were like, they were playing country rock, you know, Crosby, Stills, and Nash, and Flying Burrito Brothers stuff sure. and whatever. And they were playing some bluegrass, and I was very heavily... Uh, blues, Led Zeppelin, Steppenwolf, you yeah, know, yeah, that yeah. kind of stuff. And so when I went over to the jam, they, they started playing bluegrass and I started playing all this blues stuff and they were like, no, 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 no. We want major pentatonic. We want major stuff. Oh, oh. Okay. But anyway, so they That's had funny. me come into the band and um, I just played, I didn't sing, I just played lead on like 10 songs and then okay. they had a regular gig at the Rocking Horse in, in Hartford oh, on wow. Saturday nights way back Whoa. when. And so... All the other clubs, they wouldn't tell them how old I was. Drinking age was 18. I was 15 at the oh, time. Wow. And so yeah, sure. played there, and wow. they said, well, we got this prodigy. He's only 15. Is that cool? And they're like, yeah, that's cool. And so when I wasn't playing on my 10 songs, I would drink beer. And they Great. they banned me from ever coming into the club <laughs> oh, no. again. So I got fired. Oh, wow. Um, and then, I mean, this is a long story, but... Well. Um, and then at one point, Dave Reed got appendicitis, and they called in Mark Mercier to fill in on piano. Okay. And yep, so he right. came into the band um, and stayed. And yep. then they got me back into the band. Um, they pretended I had an 18th birthday and got me back into the band. Yeah, they're like, wow, that was a quick three years. <laughs> yeah. And, so, and it, that, that was kind of it for uh, a long time. Uh, and then we had, um, we had Amy... Fazano at the time come in and as a female vocalist, okay. and then Rob Freed came in on percussion shortly after that. Uh, well, a few years after that, um, and then since then um, we lost Rob. Uh, Amy left. Bob left. We got we've had we've gone through a number of drummers, very sure. all very good drummers. Um, uh, Greg Dugaldinelmo was the first replacement. He's an awesome drummer, yeah. and then Greg Vasso replaced him. Right, and then Scott Oshouse. Right. Replaced him, and now we have Bill Carbone, right? And as well as now we have uh, Jay Merle Stanley on percussion. We have a percussionist again. So, oh, cool! Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I got to get Bill on here. 
Oh yeah. Better reach out. Yep. I'm going to get everybody. Everybody, if you heard Scott, if you heard your name, you just made the list. That's also <laughs> how it works here because like it all connects. So when people start talking, I'm going. Chugadun, 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 At least the ones that are alive. Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah, yeah, exactly. Did you know, um, for whatever it's worth, I just, I think this is kind of cool. Um, you know, you know, Doug LaChapelle. Doug, I know. Yeah. Doug, drummer. He, when I moved into our house, me and Paula bought a house within the last three years, and he sent me some African handheld like shaker percussion things that belong to Rob. Mm-hmm. That he said I want keep these, and I I have them hung oh, in, in my studio in honor of. That's, I didn't that's cool. I didn't know Rob that well, but I but he goes. I know that these will be safe. You know, he gave these to me. These will be, I want you to put these in your house. These are going to be safe. Display them. So I did. So. That's cool. Jay Morrell has some of his, has his rototoms. Oh, cool. And so I cool. think some of his hand percussion cool. too. So, yeah. So yeah. I, I just, it's like gore, like shaker type gourd things mm-hmm. that are really cool. I have that, a quika. That, yeah, sure. Of his. Sure. So that's cool. So he, it lives on in, yes. in some kind of way. Yep. You know, because Doug knew I was like, I wasn't going to go, yeah, whatever. I was like, okay, I get it. This is historic. So let me take care of this. Yeah. Um, where did you grow up? Agawam, Massachusetts. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. Um, so ended up down in Hartford somehow getting involved. Well, let's see. So the of the three original members, two of them were originally from Agawam. So oh, okay. Gosselin was from Agawam and okay. Dave Reed was from Agawam. And that's how he ended up being my, he was in high school. Um, he was a high school trumpet player, and so they paired him with me when I was in fifth grade as a as a trumpet teacher. And so, oh, wow. But he also taught me, there was a period where he said, okay, just don't even bother bringing the horn for three months because I'm going to teach you some theory. Oh, wow. And so that was like a... Hey, that, that's cool. Yeah, that was a gift. That, yeah. was, that, was, that was a real eye-opening How experience. How old, when was this? This is probably when I was 12, maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's about... I think about that, too, because I teach and it's like when you're young enough to just do what you're told in a way like a teacher is just like i'm going to teach theory and you don't question you just go okay now i'm glad i kind of i got that done because trying to teach adults later yes it's harder and and i don't blame them try teaching me anything i get it yeah but it's just funny it's like i i look back and i go I'm glad I did the public school system because I did learn. I just said, well, I got to learn what they're telling me. <laughs> and you get it. You understand it at least. Yeah. I yeah. think it helps. Much easier to learn things then than it is now. That's what I'm saying. That's an example. I, I guess what I'm saying. Yeah. 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 Um, were your parents musical in any way? Um, not particularly. My dad could play harmonica yeah. and he could, and he could play like, dumb little things on the piano yeah <clears throat> excuse me my grandmother so my my grandparents lived in the same house with my with my parents they had they had, they had sure it was a, they bought a duplex and then they eventually converted it into just one big house and so when i was very little there was a piano in the house that was my grandmother's and so i would reach up and tinkle on sure, the keys sure. or whatever but and so she actually back in the day when department stores sold sheet music she worked there, and people would bring her a piece of sheet music and say, "I want what is what does this sound like?" And she would play the oh, music. Oh, that's so! Imagine that. And I said, "So that's <clears throat> and so." I said to her, well, "You must have read music then." And she said, "Nah, I just knew the songs and played them by ear." So whoa, so, yeah, that's so, funny. So that's there crazy. is some musical background wow. in there. Imagine that. That was a gig. I yeah. played piano at the department store. Yeah, yeah. To exactly. let people know. <laughs> wow, wow. That's the category of. Careers that no longer exist for five hundred dollars <laughs> or whatever on Jeopardy. It's like I was a. You imagine that? So that's cool. first instrument was piano. Yep. I, I'm like I, I got to learn how to play the piano. Yep. So and that that was also a gift. Like if you're gonna learn instruments, piano and drums, I think are two. Yeah. Right. Essential. Yeah. You know, and then <clears throat> and then the trumpet after that was also. Uh, a gift too that all contributed to my guitar playing because the piano had the theory all laid out top to bottom. The trumpet taught me how to, to how, like how to breathe, how to make melodies that that had you know yeah. breath in them or whatever. Yeah. So I mean, all the stuff, every instrument that you learn affects how yeah. every other instrument that you learn. Yeah. I guess maybe I don't know. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's cool. Um, why trumpet? Just to get in the school band, probably. I you yeah. know it's funny. I can't, they the. They had the the assembly, you know. It's like you want to be in the band, come down to the auditorium, you know. And I went down there and I listened to them talk about every instrument. And I went home and I said, I want to play drums. Yeah, right. And my <laughs> my mother's like, No, pick another instrument. 
<laughs> You're like, what's louder and more annoying than drums? I'll play trumpet. They didn't have bagpipes more available. <laughs> or whatever. Can you imagine? Yeah. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Were they okay? What did they realize? Yeah. That they were. They so were cool. With you that. were cool with it. Yeah. Um. Can you can you still play? I can play. I've I have Jump chopped up. for like you know like embouchure for about ten, yeah, right. ten seconds. <laughs> I still know all the fingerings and everything. Wow. I can still play some stuff. Where, were you? Did you get far? Were you like the first chair dude? Like, I was second chair because if my one of my best friends was first chair. He was amazing. He was oh, awesome. Yeah. He still plays. Oh, okay. Um. Yeah. But yeah, no. I I ended up going to Holyoke Community College, majoring in music with my trumpet as my main instrument. Oh, hey. So that's cool. But I dropped out after three months. I said no. Not for me. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and then when did guitar enter the picture? Guitar entered the picture when I was 12. Um, okay. I, I got in trouble with, the, I met a kid at school. He was a new kid at school. He got me in trouble the first day I hung out with him. He's like, you know, because I used to walk to school or whatever. And he was like, just take the bus to my house, man. And so I took the bus to his house. My mother was fuming. And so, but I got to his house and then he's like, check this out. You know, and he reaches under the bed and he pulls out an electric guitar and, and he plugs it into the uh, silver tone amp, like piggyback amp with like sure. six, 10 inch speakers yeah, yeah. and you know, yeah, that, yeah. That, that whole vibe. And he's like, he didn't even play the guitar. He played it with his thumb. He like yeah, right, put right. his thumb on the fretboard yeah. and just messed around. I was like mesmerized. I'm Whoa. like, I gotta have one. This. So yeah. yeah. It's kind of cool. Yeah. So how long did you end up with, with something? Eventually, yeah, I, get, I asked for one for my twelfth birthday, basically, yeah. and my mom said no, forget it, and then she got me one, and oh, so wow. that's cool. I mean, I say my mom, but my parents, basically. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> and you were into it; you just hit it. Yeah, um, sort of. I mean, I kind of like I play. I played with my thumb for like a month, and then I threw it in the closet, and then uh, some somehow I heard about bass and how it was the same as guitar but tuned down an octave so i took it out of the closet and tuned it down an octave and tried playing bass on it and then threw it back into the closet again and then yeah. shortly after that a kid showed up at my at my door and said hey we're putting a band together and we heard you play guitar and i'm like yeah yeah sure so and so yeah that was kind of cool and they had another guitar player who showed me some stuff or whatever and so that was just like that just like that wow but yeah all self-taught on the guitar hey well that's cool yeah but you knew enough theory to kind of, yeah, somewhat, right. I could figure it out, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah. And and it, it was interesting because I came up with my own patterns for lead or whatever. And then this other kid that I ended up in a band with later, like he was doing the same notes but in a different place. I was like, oh, that was like, yeah, oh, right, right, right. You know, yeah, so. What's that all about? But yeah, self discovery. Yeah, well, that's cool though. Yeah, whatever it takes. So then you're the rock guy that shows up at Max Creek, or kind of, yes, you know, yep. You're like, check this out. I played, well, before Max Kick, I played organ in a band. Um, oh, wow. That was like a, with that trumpet player that, that was the first chair, he also played bass. And oh. then this other, the other guitar player and uh, another drummer friend of mine. And so we were four piece and we were playing like Santana and Almond yep. Brothers and Alice Cooper. A drummer was really into Alice Cooper. He would, oh, boy. Play, he would play and sing Alice Cooper or whatever. And so, <laughs> there, so there was that. And then came the, you know, playing blues licks at Max Creek and, Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. That's cool. So when, because I mean, I don't know, I, I, I don't, I'm not trying to make you feel old or anything, but. It's okay. Well, well, Max Creek was always a big deal ever since, ever since I can remember. When did it, when did it become a big, a big deal or it, 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 or do you think, you don't think about it like that, probably? I, it, had a, it had a heyday, I would say. Um, it was a big deal in the 80s. Okay. Um, you know, we would play Agora Ballroom, and yeah. we would get like 3,000 people in there or whatever, which for, for us, that was a that was a big deal. Yeah. That, that lasted a while, and that, yep. was, that was good. I mean, but it was always, even before that, you know, um, we played all the larger clubs, you know. And so somehow well. just word got out. Um, yeah, I mean, we did some stuff. We had a hotline and we had a mailing list. Back and, in the you know, day. we were, yeah, we were, we were like trying to self promote as best we can with the media that we had at the time. Basically. Yeah. And that, that worked out. Actually, the email list actually worked out pretty well because that kind of caught on. And, yeah. Um, they have a, uh, we had some art sound guy, John Archer, did some amazing artwork and, and put some stuff together that was yeah, really yeah. cool or whatever. And the hotline was, we had, um, 
business cards that we would pass out that had the hotline number on it. Yeah, yeah. Everybody knew the hotline. And, oh, wow. Yeah, it was What cool. was it? Uh, 1-800, you know. You know, it, was, it wasn't. It was, it was <laughs> 203-653-7673. Maybe. Wonder what would happen if we called it nothing. Well, we lost. The, we lost the number, and you answered. <laughs> we lost the number at one point. Oh. We're like, like, unfortunately, uh, through a like a thing with the phone company, or oh. I don't know, whatever. We lost the number, and whoever got that number. So someone we so they would call and be recording. Hey man, this is Scott. We're playing at so and so, right? And you just read off the date. Something Thursday. like that. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> That's that's killer though. Yeah. That's the way it was. John did. John Ryder did most of them. He would do okay. that. walk on the Wild Side Wednesdays, which we did in uh, Providence, Rhode Island. We played every Wednesday in Providence from like 1981 until 1994. Wow! And wow. yeah, it was, that was crazy. And wow. I still people, you know, I go on I go on tour with other bands and go out to the West Coast, and people come up to me and say, "I used to see you with Lupos in 1985." <laughs> like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that that's all right. Um, do you think, I mean, cause I don't know, I'm just going to, you know, cause I don't know how else. you guys must've been really good. Do you think, were you, what, was it great? Like right away? Did you guys know that, like what else was going on that you guys kind of leapfrogged into your own thing? Do you know why? Hmm. That's a good question. That's an I interesting question. I'm just curious. Cause I, so one of the things that happened was, is, you know, we, there must've been a million bands, you know, there was a lot of bands. So one of the things that happened was, you know, they were like primarily country rock. And then they went to, which just passed the 50th anniversary of Watkins Glen. Oh, okay. Right. And they saw the dead and the band and the Almond Brothers and they came back and and they started, they, you know, they, we, we, I couldn't go. I was too young. Yeah. Um, But we started covering Grateful Dead and and we started jamming and, you know, heading in that direction. And so that changed the sound of the whole band and eventually... Uh, Dave, the other guitar player, left because he wasn't. He was more of a, about the acoustic thing, and he still plays acoustic. Okay. Um, but we definitely got into the into the jam situation, and then not long after that, there was the whole uh, clone band thing that started happening, where you know, like the Blushing Brides, were the Rolling Stones okay. clone band or tribute bands or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so we started getting billed as a Grateful Dead cover band. And we, oh, okay. Even though you weren't really. Even though we weren't really. We were yeah. doing some Dead on the set, but we were also writing and whatever. So eventually it got to a point where we said, okay, I got to a point where I was fed up. I'm like, I'm not going to play anymore Grateful Dead songs. We're just going to focus on, I'm going to focus on the originals and yeah, that's yeah. what I'm going to bring in and that's what we're going to do. And so, um, and during the 80s, there was there was a, a lot of writing going on in the band. So we had a lot of original material. That's cool. So it just happened. You had enough of a, People weren't going to stop coming just because you didn't play Grateful Dead tunes anymore. I'm sure some people maybe, maybe they did, maybe they heard, oh, go see them. They play Grateful Dead or whatever, no, and boy. then when they show up, they don't. We don't play any, so I'm sure that probably bummed some people out. But well, but I think the style there there wasn't a ton of bands at that time that was that were jamming that were doing the improv right. stuff that we were doing in between right. songs and stuff, and so that so that I think was a really good. Uh, selling point for us to have that kind of right. ab- ability. In. Who else was doing that? Were you guys like the first band around here to do stuff like that? A I jam a, band, a, if you want to call it yeah, that? Yeah, right. I think around here, yeah. I think there was um, there was a couple bands in um, Long Island or New Jersey that were yeah. like, they were, and they were Grateful Dead cover bands. And okay. They were doing that kind of thing. But So people knew, like, this is the vibe. You're going to come and they're just going to. Yeah, kind of do it right, and we, cool. we, you know, we we made a we. This is back in the day when uh, everybody brought their own PA. The clubs didn't have PA right. systems, and people right. would bring their own PA. And so we went through this whole thing. You know, we saw the dead and their wall of sound sure. or whatever. And so we had we in the band. There's a bunch of guys who are really good with with you know like construction and, and electronics yeah, yeah. and everything. So we built this mini wall of sound, and we had you know we'd use like. The Dead used uh, differential microphones where they had two microphones right next to each other and one was wired out of phase. And so oh. and so you just sing in one and anything that goes into both microphones gets canceled out and you would just sing in one. And they, oh. so we were enabled to, instead of having monitors, we had the PA system behind us. And so, oh, wow. and so we'd go into oh, these cool. clubs and we'd build this wall of sound and then we built a, a and that's cool. lighting People rig. People are and, freaking out over that. Too. Yeah. Like, like, we, the whole idea was <clears throat> a concert in a bar kind of thing. Hey, man. So why not? 
That's cool. So yeah, we were trying to be, we were trying to be cutting edge and innovative and well, give them an experience that they wouldn't get from other bands, other bar bands. Hey Amen. Well, it worked. Seems to have. Right. Yes. Well, I mean, seems to have. Yes. Yeah. It was fun. Who uh, mostly the writing? Everybody. Pretty much you? everybody. Yeah. yeah. I write. I probably write the most, but John, oh, yeah? John's written a lot, a ton of stuff. Mark's written some stuff. Okay. But when people think of Max Creek Originals, it's you? I don't know much about Max Creek, I got to be honest. Me and John, I would say. And yeah. well, no, the three of us, really. We, you okay. know, when we, when we play live, we rotate, you know yep. what I mean? So yep. it, goes, it goes around the three of us. And so um, I don't know how they, th- I don't know how people think about it. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just curious. Yeah. You know, like uh, if, you're, if you're the guy or there is no guy. That's kind of the thing, right? That's kind of the thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, no, that's killer. That that's cool. And now Bill Carbone writes, and he brings stuff. Oh, in, okay. so yeah, that's pretty cool. That's Did far. you ever sing as a drummer? Me? Yes. Oh yeah. Have you? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. You, yeah, I'm a you, singer. I, yeah. I, oh, you were in that uh, disco hell band. You oh, sung oh. in that, right? <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I'm a singer. I've always I've always been a singer. I was the singer in Eight to the Bar just about oh. for a while. I was almost the main guy singer for a period. For a oh, period I didn't there. know that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's a thing. But you'll never, you'll never hear that. <laughs> you know, that'll never happen. But um, yeah. Well, uh, and then how did the all the fa- the Camp Creek and the Strange Creek and the whatever else? How did all that? Because so that's a thing. That's a thing. There was a friend of ours that that lived down in Narragansett, Rhode Island. He was an artist, or his his dad was an artist, I think is the way it works, and and did very well for himself. And he had a mansion in Narragansett, right on the right on the water. Um, and so he would have these uh, Narragansett blowout parties, and the okay. kid, the, his son. Oh, would. I think Mark was talking about this a little bit. Oh yeah, yeah. And we'd set up right on the beach. Yeah, and yeah. People would camp right on the beach and whatever, and so. Uh, we did that like three years in a row, like nineteen, like seventy five, seventy six, yeah, seventy seven. Hey, this is cool. Yeah. And so, and then at the very last one, somebody broke one of the very valuable statues that were on the property, or whatever, oh, and boy. so they couldn't do it anymore. But the concept of like a camp out type concert, like, really yeah. set in with us. And so, um, wasn't long after that that we decided, well, let's 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 see if we can throw one ourselves. I think. Uh, we had a friend that had some property in Granby, and okay. like so, in 1982, we did this thing called Camp Creek on a friend of ours' property. And, yeah, and it was, it was just us, and it was crazy. And yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah, a lot of people. Um, I, I don't remember how many people, but yeah. But you felt like okay, this could be a thing. Yes. Okay. Yep. Was it on the hotline or was it stealth? <laughs> you know, you don't want the cops. If you if the cops find out the hotline, then you're done. <laughs> You know, it's the secret hotline. There's another hotline. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. The stealth hotline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so that all precipitated, you know, more of them. And then they, we did, after that one in 82 in Granby, we did three up in Maine. Okay. Uh, some friend of ours had some property up there. And then after those three in Maine, we kind of like wore out our welcome in a bunch of different places. We played, we we did one in Escohee, Rhode Island. Uh, we did one in Woodstock, Connecticut. Mm. And it's one of those things where we go and invade this campground or whatever. And then yeah, yeah. after once they go, no, we're not doing that with you. Right, again. right. So I guess you can't blame them, I guess, in a way. Because yeah. you don't know how many people are really going to show up. Right, right. And what's going to happen when they do. Sure. You know, it's not just, sure. it's not a family event. At least back <laughs> in those days, it wasn't a family well, event. Well, well, maybe families are created. There might be, <laughs> might be. <laughs> Family creation Could events. Be. I don't know that I'd want to meet those kids, but yeah. Family creation <laughs> event. Initiate. An, family family initiate sequence or something. God. Yeah. So then you're like, we got to. So anyway, you, you're probably about to tell me because I'm thinking you're going to run out of places. Yeah. The word's going to get out. So you're like, we got to plant. So then Eamon Cronin hooked us up with oh. ILCC, Indian okay. Lookout Country Club, which is where they do the. Harley rendezvous and stuff, and it's did all. Did I go there? Which one did I go to? I was at one. You were? Yeah. We played it like f- like five in the morning. Oh yeah, that was the one. That, okay, yeah, yeah, that yeah. place. Yeah, yes, that was cool. That place. It was yeah, cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's like biker security. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's 
definitely had it had its that was a really cool place and we had some really good ones there where was that that's in upstate new york yeah duanesburg new york okay yeah, yeah. or mariahville somewhere yeah 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 somewhere that, in that makes area. sense yep yeah, yeah. then cool. we did some really we had some really good acts come in there and David. they were cool like you you managed to be like okay we can we can do this and we'll clean up and it won't be like yeah we're not going to destroy the joint you yeah, I mean, compared to the Harley Rendezvous, we were like, you know. Oh, I get it. Okay. Gold, you okay. know what I mean? Yeah, they, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, they they yeah. do that rendezvous and it's bikers and blah blah blah. As long as like they they, you could you could come in with like a pound of pot and yeah. you know an ounce of cocaine and they wouldn't care. But if you came in with glass, right, right, then it's your shutdown. You'll never yeah. <laughs> exactly. You'll never get through the door. But wow. So yeah. yeah. So that that lasted a number of years. We got to have some great. Times there, we had some great acts. David Crosby, oh wow, uh, Tom Tom Club. We got oh, to yeah. play. Um, Chris Franz and Tina Weymouth sat in with us and oh, played, wow. and played yeah, life during wartime with us. And that's heavy. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. pretty cool. That is cool. And then uh, I got to sit in with Paul Barrera and Fred Tackett from Little Feet. Wow. They were doing a they were doing a thing there. Um, that was actually relatively recent. Wow, relatively. Yeah, I'm so, trying to remember what the thing was because we played like the morning before the big hoopty and i don't remember who who the hoopty was did little feet play more than once could it have been th- i don't think all right, so. all right never mind i don't think so i don't remember who the i can't remember who the big thing was there was a there was a big thing yeah could could probably so yeah 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 hey well that's cool yeah so it was good yeah and then we kind of took a break for a number of years from that and then the more recent most recent ones have been um at uh camp odata down in um uh, blanket on the name south of norwich over there Can't yeah think of the name but but a really nice odata campground with, with the stage is set up like on the beach and there's a lake right there yeah. and it's very very campgroundy and very kid friendly and yeah. family oriented because everyone's so, got kids now everyone's got kids now right yep and yeah we've had some great experiences there we didn't do it we did it last year we didn't do it this year yeah but we'll probably do it next year so what's the difference between um well how many are there because there there's camp creek and then there's strange creek what's that so strange creek started off as a festival that, that that's promoted by a friend of ours mark uh blanchette who uh put together a festival when I don't know if you remember, Strange Folk was a band yeah. back in the day. So it was basically oh okay Max Creek hi, uh, headlining one night and Strange Strange I Folk see. highlighting the next night, and then the, the name just stuck. Oh, cool! And so okay. yeah, so just another festival, just another festival, but, but not ours. But it has our has our name on it because of oh okay we headline it. Do you guys okay? So you headline it, but it's not like Camp Creek is your thing. Yes, and and that is. Someone else's thing, but you play at it. Yes, but you're not the organizers. I right, got, I got you. Okay. Exactly. Okay, well that's that's kind of cool. Who organizes the whole Mac the Camp Creek thing? Well, now that's kind of run by uh, John Ryder and his wife Sally. They're oh, wow. they've kind of they they have a business doing like uh, corporate promotion events and th- and things like that. And yeah, yeah. So. Um, we hadn't done a Camp Creek in a while and we were interested in doing another one and they seemed interested in, in putting it on. Okay. Um, and so they kind of run the whole thing now. Wow. Yeah. That's cool. Yep. That's wild. It's all in the family. Yeah. Right. And then there's, um, I played with you one time, at least once at, uh, at Wormtown. Who's that? I don't know. That's the same, same people that do Strange Creek. Oh, okay. They do Wormtown. The Strange Creek is in the spring and Wormtown's in the fall. Oh, I see. So, okay. yeah. Because okay. I've done that a few times. Up in Greenfield? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's cool. Yep. That's awesome. Um, so you guys are, what are you doing now? Are you, when is it supposed to be? Did it already happen? Strange Creek already happened and we'll be doing Wormtown, I think, September Okay. 15th or something like yeah, that. Yeah, right, right. 14th or 16th. So 16th. So it's still going. Yeah. Things are still happening. The, yep, those still happen. Plug back in. Yeah, that's yep. Cool. Yep. Um, what uh, What other playing you doing? Anything else? Um, I just came off the road with Mike Gordon. Okay. We did yeah, a three week tour. Yeah, talk um, about that. Yeah. Um, Mike and I have been doing stuff together for well since 1997. Actually, um, done a bunch of bunch of like one off projects. Yeah. Um, and then in 2008. He had gone out into Hawaii and played with 
uh, Bill Kreutzman from the Grateful Dead and Steve Kimmock, um, right. guitar player. And yep. they did a trio out in Hawaii. And so <clears throat> he was texting me the whole time saying, oh, this is amazing. This is amazing. You have to do this or whatever. And I'm like, okay, whatever. And then, yeah. and then he called me and said, hey, do you want to go play with me and Bill Kreutzman in Costa Rica? And I'd never met Kreutzman or any of the dead, really. And wow. so I said, yeah, sure, I'll do that. And yeah. so we went down and did a trio down there. And wow. and um, we did a, a benefit in Hako for the school system down there. And Kreutzman enjoyed it so much, he wanted to take it on the road. And Mike said, I'm putting my own band together, so I can't, but feel free to you know, do something with Scott or whatever. And oh, then wow. Kreutzman was like, well, can you recommend a bass player? And Mike thought about it for a day or two and then came back to him and said, you should ask O'Teal. Oh, and wow. So, so, hey, there you go. So that was, that was a, quite the moment. Um, yeah, right. You know, they, O'Teal and Kreutzman actually came to Boston because I have my day job or whatever. And they came to Boston to, you know, just to try it in a, in a rehearsal yeah, studio. Yeah, yeah. And it was amazing. It was like, really? yeah, it was like we played the first song we played. It was Grateful Dead song, Eyes of the World. And then, and then jammed for 45 minutes. Yeah, right, and at right. the end, it was like, oh, this is wow. unbelievable. Yeah. So, so that project kind of happened. And then right around the same time, Mike came to me and said, I want to put together a band that's not just a one-shot deal. I want to put a, to put together a band sure. that, that had some longevity and lasts or whatever. And at the same time, he and I started uh, getting together and writing together. Oh, writing, hey. Writing music together. That's cool. How'd you ever meet him in the first place, just from around? Well, he and... Uh, well, he used to come see, see Max Creek back before he went... Oh, to, okay. Be, back before Fish and all wow. that stuff. When he was in... He, was, he's from, he grew up in Massachusetts and he used to... So come in a way, Fish is almost children of max creek in a way in yeah. a way yeah. yeah wow i mean and him he used to come when he moved to burlington uh he used to send his dad with a with a tape deck to our shows so yeah, right. to so record our shows wow. and then and then when we played in burlington he would come and watch us play and trey would come and watch us play at the same time and yeah, so that's cool. so yeah so that was that was kind of cool and then he the first time i he t apparently talked to me before this, but the first memory I have of talking to him, he showed up and he's he at a gig and he had a sheet music and a cassette, and he said, "This is your the sheet music is is a transcription of your solo on my song Emotional Railroad, and here's a tape with of the actual recording of that solo with." Max Creek on the left channel and me playing bass on the right channel, and I'm like, oh, "Whoa, that's pretty." He well, he was trying to get the gig. Uh, no, I don't think he was trying to get the gig. Or, or he was just saying, "This is, this is how into this I am." Yes, like, wow, pretty much. Yeah, wow, yeah, that's killer. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty cool. So there you are. You got Kreutzmann over here, Mike Gordon over there. Yeah, it was like a that was a good around. was a good year. Yeah. Huh. So yeah, and so uh, yeah, and so we started writing together in like 2008, 2009, and about four or five years later. Um, released an album under his name where I had 50% writing credit on the whole album basically and kind of developed this method of writing this kind of it took us a while to get going but we kind of streamlined this method of writing music together where we would get together for a weekend and using whatever media we media we had we would record you know music and hums and you know like yeah, sure. bits and pieces of melody or and we would do um uh we would do object writing um there's a guy that teaches songwriting at Berkeley, Pat Patterson, who's written a book on how to write songs and object writing, where we basically just sit down, both of us, with a pen and a piece of paper, and we just pick a subject, and we just write for five minutes on a timer, and then stop. And oh, then wow. We go back and read each other's, and then go back and we write again, and then we take wow. and like go read it through and underline like phrases, cool sounding phrases. Oh wow! And then we take the phrases and we put them on index cards and tape them to the wall. Oh wow! Wow! Right? Then wow. we had all this music that we had recorded that didn't have any lyrics, and so we'd play this music and we he and I would each have a microphone and we would just like with the wall of phrases. Wow! You know? And just like sing phrases over the over the the, the wow. instrumental stuff that we had written to whatever and and. Wow. And then that's kind of wild. Yeah. So we did that a few times and then we got, and then we get together on Skype every Wednesday night and, and refine everything and arrange everything. Sure. And yeah. And wow. So, and that's called object writing? Object writing. Well, the object writing is, yeah, it's just a spitting wow. out ideas to get, you know, just to wow. get the creative yeah. stuff going. Or that's whatever. wild. So, so anyway, huh. so now we've released uh, the third album that we've done writing together. Um, 
flying games. Okay. And then this one actually, he's he because of the pandemic, he there's a couple where where he just and of course he wrote f- the word flying, and you wrote wrote the word <laughs> games somewhere on a completely separate. And then becomes, can you imagine? They're like that's why I got fifty percent. So I wrote f- games. He <laughs> said right. flying or whatever. Imagine, sorry. But yeah, so anyway, so that album just came out in May, and so we just I just finished a tour promoting that. That's album. cool. Who plays so, drums? Uh, John Kimock. Oh, that's right. You said that. I'm sorry. No, yeah. that was Steve Kimock. This is Steve oh, Kimmock's, all right. I'm... This is Steve Kimock's son, John, who oh. plays, who's a rather remarkable drummer. Huh. So, all right. Yeah, yes. I gotta get caught up. There's yeah, a, a lot of names. Yeah. No, that's killer. That's really cool. Um, and then you. Still, we'll put together a tour occasionally. Yeah, behind an album or whatever, or yeah. around an album or something like that. Yep. So once in a while, you just get to hit the road. Get, get out to of hit town. the road. Get out of town for a few weeks. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun. right. Yeah. And, I mean, and it, it's grueling. You know. Yeah, I can imagine sleeping on the sleeping on a moving bus. Yeah. Between shows, and it it's a thing. It's an adventure, I would imagine. Yep. It's yeah. A, yep. But you don't have to do it forever. I mean, maybe I'm. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, at least you guys are kind of making up your own. It's not like probably the old days where you get a record deal and the record company just sent, you, you just go out forever to try to promote the record. Right. They don't care. You don't even know how long the, t- you know, they just, you got to keep, keep going, go, go, yep. go. You Now that we're older, you probably just go, here's how long I want to go out. Here's what I want, expect to happen and try to. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Because um, I don't know. I don't know if you follow my stupid. I have a YouTube channel of my comedy bits that I do when I'm driving around oh, in my no, car. I haven't seen that. Yeah, good. Um, and I have no, this I thing. See that. Well, oh, yeah. Well, one, one of my things is the sad videos. You remember when we were kids, every, every band, I'm a cowboy, you know, or uh, Journey. Uh, they're all sad on the bus. Like everyone had their endless tour song. Poison had the every road. Oh, yeah. You know, everybody, home sweet home, everybody had their. There's songs about they want to go home. They're on the bus forever. What's named Seeger, right? Seeger. Started yeah. it all. Yeah, 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 exactly. So yeah, I don't know if it's anything like so, that. But, so but you're we, not trapped. You're just no. You're going to book it yourself and go. I mean, Mike's got his fish band. You know, so yep. he get he they, he. The good thing is that don't have, I don't have to survive. I have my day job. Right. And so I don't have to survive off the music. And so that kind of allows me to be more selective about what I mm-hmm. what I do. But it also constrains what I'm what I'm able to do. You know, so yeah. it's a double-edged sword there. Well, you're going to retire someday, aren't you? From the day Hopefully job? Soon. Maybe. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't want to bring it up. No, no. no. Hopefully soon. So, and beyond that, I do a lot of writing. I do a lot, you know, I have a home studio in my basement. I do yeah. a lot of writing and playing down there. That's cool. And then um, a friend of mine asked me to produce his album. You know, hey. He, and so I'm doing Getting that. Into that's, that. That's something that I've always, that's a direction that I've, you know, that I feel like yeah. I've always wanted to do. And Why so, not? You know, so I said, if you want somebody who's never produced an album yeah. and who's mostly deaf, I'm, oh, the, I'm the guy. Perfect. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. yeah. But you're up for it. Oh, yeah. In, in your mind, wh- what does it mean? Wh- what does producing mean? Because it can mean any, you know, a lot of it different things. It means a things. lot of different things. Yeah, and yeah. a lot of different producers produce different ways or whatever. Well, I was thinking nowadays, it's like you're, you're the recordist. Like, you have to do everything. It's not like uh, the old days where the... Like, did you see Rick Rubin just sits there and goes, nope. Right, right. You know, and there's an engineer. Like, Rick Rubin never... T- I would imagine nowadays, you probably have to d- do everything. No, actually, because... My studio is, isn't up for that, you know. Like oh, okay. I, I have my home studio is a home studio. I don't really have any outboard stuff, and I, you know, I do have some mics, but I, I wouldn't want to do anything that I was going to release professionally down there with anybody else other than me or whatever. So, th- so this, the the guy's name is John Spignessi, and he's oh yeah, do you know, John? I'm going to get him on. He's <clears throat> been hitting me up. All right, has he? Yeah, John. Oh, yeah. Next week, I'm going to call you. Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, he's just, awesome. He's awesome. This just so, happened. Okay. So he came over and did a couple things. We we wrote a couple things in my studio, and I recorded a couple of his in my studio, and then we got into the production thing, talked about it, and then so he's recording down in Connecticut, uh, which is where I am now, but sure. further south, Bethany, Connecticut. He's yep. at a studio down there, so because he's been there before and he's done a bunch of times. So there is an engineer, so I'm free to. I don't have to mind the store as far okay. as that goes. So what's your role as a producer? My role is to kind of help John realize his vision, I yep. guess. Um, bring out the best in 
in, yeah. in anybody that's performing. You know, he's got his band and, and they're all really cool and friendly and good players and, you know, open to suggestions and all that stuff. And so it's, 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 I do play on a couple of tracks, but it's yeah. been really cool to be the instrument of inspiration for people, you know, yeah. like, try this. Why don't you try this? Yeah. Why don't yeah, you try yeah, that yeah. or whatever, yeah. you know? So it's a very cool, very being the first time, it's a really cool experience. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll, f we'll find out. We'll get his side of it. He'll probably be like, oh, man. It's awful. Yeah, Scott's the worst. He's the worst. <laughs> He's telling us what to play. He played drums himself. On, he erased everything. You imagine? Talk to me about your drumming. Oh, we, we were man. starting to talk about this the other night. That's cool, man. It's cool. I, you know, I, I could probably, I wish I had, I wish I spent more time currently like working on chops working on my hands or whatever but um but yeah i've always been a closet drummer always yeah, wanted yeah. to play the drums yeah uh, it's just been a, always been a thing and i and back in the day uh bob gosselin Cre creek's original drummer he was all state you know snare drum oh and wow so he would yeah, he yeah. taught me rudiments yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. all this other stuff so killer <clears throat> so i do have some some a little bit of background yep. um i got a nice set of pearls in my basement cool um that are mic'd up and the tuned up and they sound they sound good. And you and just said, I'm gonna now I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go deep. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna <laughs> sort play Sort of, yeah. yeah. I mean I I record I record myself playing drums on this on the tracks that I'm doing down there. And when I'm playing it just feels so good. And oh, then cool. I go back and listen back and I go, Oh my God, this is awful. <laughs> this well, is terrible. Just give well, it up. <laughs> no, no. Well, you know, we were talking uh, was there I was talking we were talking about that. That's the curse is if you're a good musician on something else, it's like I'm learning to play dulcimer, which is easy. I'm not a guitar player. So for me, it's three string shapes and you just kind of figure out. But it's like, I, I it, like you, like I'm playing, I go, man, this, this is beautiful. And then I record it and I'm like, this sounds terrible. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm not, and I realized that's the curse is like, I know what, what I want it to sound like and I know what I think it sounds like. And then I hear it and I'm like, you're not there yet. Yeah, I got to keep practicing to get muscle memory of certain things, and yeah, it's it's frustrating. It is frustrating. It's, yeah, it is. And, you know, and drums is not. Well, as long as you're having fun. I mean, if yes. I'm having fun, I love playing, so I, I have fun with it. So yep. whatever, it's not. I'm never going to get a gig. You never. You don't know that. You as a, a dulcimer gig. player, a dulcimer I do know that. Yeah. <laughs> There's no dulcimer <laughs> gigs out there waiting for me. So I play. I've had a pedal steel for hey. since 1991 or whatever, and that is an instrument. That's that, beautiful. Yeah, it that is, would be but something. it's impossible to to, right? to get to sound good. Like it, I, there is on this latest, latest Mike Gordon album, I do have one pedal steel credit oh. on one of the songs. Oh, that's killer! And it's like I recorded probably a half an hour's worth of pedal steel, and there's probably like twelve. Seconds worth of pedal right, steel right. <laughs> on the song. So, yeah. Is it intuitive at all from guitar? I mean, there's got to be some skills that translate. <clears throat> like, so, like some of them, some of them. Are you better off just like, is it a disadvantage to translate? Like, are you better off just learning pedal steel from the beginning? There's things that translate. Okay. So, like, the frets translate to a certain degree where. You know, open is E, and the third fret is G, okay. and the fifth fret is A. I mean, that kind of translates. Um, but then when you get to the minor chords, it's nowhere near there anymore. Uh -huh. Like, it's just nowhere. So I'm pretty good as long as I'm playing major chords. And then when it gets to minor chords, I, I really got to think, like, how do I get to this from... And it's also, it's very similar to drums, and you're dealing with a knee lever right. and, and foot, pe foot pedals Insane. and slides. And, yeah, imagine? it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, I, I love that instrument. I do too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it, you, we all have the dream. Like I would just sit around and play and listen to myself all day and go out. Yeah, it's really it's really cool. It's a beautiful instrument. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, I always dug it. I I, I think somebody. Well, actually, I do know because you know um. Uh, uh oh no, Ed. Uh, pedal steel. Uh, oh no. Uh, Shinola's, uh, uh, Jim Chapdelaine. Oh no, I, f I forgot Ed's last name. He's going to kill me. <laughs> uh, pedal steel player. I had him in here. Like pedal steel is just so weird. Cause it's like solid state amp. Like what's that all about? You know oh yeah. I mean? Yeah. There is that. You know yeah, what I mean? PV. Yeah. It's, it's like weird. they go to amp. Yeah. I wonder how they, 
How'd that happen? Oh no, I'm so embarrassed. Ed Iarusso? Yes, Ed Iarusso, for God's sake. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, Ed. I I apologize. It's been a long... Are you tired? I'm beat up from Sunday. I never... (laughs) I never played more notes in my entire life than I did that night. I'm exhausted. That was the third night in a row for me. I know. Yeah, you you guys, I was I was kind of, I hadn't touched the guitar in a week, so I was kind of oh. cold, and you guys were all warmed up and hot. Well, I, on a, just a short run. Did you hear, so like at the very end, that we get done with Cashmere, and Jeff turns to me and he goes, Moby Dick, and I said, no. Are you <laughs> oh, kidding I me? I need to go lay in ice right now. Like, you want me to do a drum solo now? Like, I can't do a drum solo ever, let alone we just played oh, for no three way. hours. Your, drum, like, solos not, are, your no. drum solos are amazing. Your, ah. your drum solos are mind-bending. Ah. Good thing I didn't do one. We would have seen how mind-bending. I'm like, no, not the after playing for that one. I mean, I was warmed up, but I was already thinking about, I need to stand up and let the let the pain run down my legs and out through my toes. Like after a while, that's what happens is you just like, I feel like I get hit by a truck and all I could think of is one more song and I can stand up. Cause it's <laughs> like when you sit in a car for that long Oh yeah, and you know, and that's all it is. It's just age, yep. you know, like after a while I'm like, I need to stand up. Cause yeah. like I'm filling with pain. And then even standing up is like a slow process. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Not like it used to be. No. But yeah. But it was just funny cause, Poor Jeffy gets all excited. Moby Dick. And I'm thinking, are you high? Like, come on, there's, dude, there is no there's no way in hell I have a drum solo in me right now. I'm like, are you kidding? But anyway. So as a as a amateur drummer, yeah. watching a lefty play a right hand. Yeah, it's kid, all screwed. It's fascinating. Oh, really? Yeah, it's yeah. totally. I mean, Ringo Starr, you know, like 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 it, it's this whole other you get all this other stuff that you mm-hmm. can't get as a right-handed drummer, I think. All right, well, real quick, I mean, then maybe you'll understand this. So the, the, <laughs> um, so the Ringo thing is, he's left-handed, but he plays righty. Yeah. Okay. So his thing is when he plays, when he starts his fills, he le- he's leads with his left. Leads with his left. I'm the exact opposite. I play open lefty, and I start my fills with my right. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So that's why. I don't play typical fills because I can't. I I mean I can, but I get, I get mixed up. So it's literally like Ringo. I make up my own wacky things to cover for the fact that I can't do that. There's a lot of. I mean I can, but you know I hear the regular. There's got you've got to be a thing with you like that. But like there's some things that come naturally to other people that I'm just like, oh yeah, I can, but not really. There's a there's actually. So I make up a whole, I have a whole different vocabulary of licks. So yeah, I don't really play like everybody and, and else. Bad, which is, which is, that's exactly what you want. Is you don't, you don't want to play like anybody else. You don't want to sound like anybody else. Well, you know, as just real quick, like as a teacher, sometimes, you know, you, you I want, I have your book, by the way. Hey, <laughs> you're the one, you're the one that bought it. Um, you want a baseline, you know, there's a baseline of skill that I feel like everybody should have. But there comes a point where, if I can explain to a kid if they're old enough to kind of get it, you don't want them to slack or get too lazy, but sometimes your limitations can dictate your style. Always your limitations dictate okay. your style. Okay, well then you know I would say that, about. yes, right. I know exactly where you're So about. you can embrace your limitations, you know, but. It's kind of like, I used to write everything on four track. It was like four, four track sure. reels for a long time, and then it was four track cassette. Oh. And at, when I started doing the digital DAW thing, you know, mm-hmm. it's like, well, now you got, now you got like as many tracks as you want. It's and you can, by the way, you can have these plugins that'll make any sound that you want. It's, it's like, right. It's paralyzing. Yeah. 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 It's like, well, what yep. do I do? You yep. know, before it was like, well, I know I was going to do it. Cause I only have a guitar, a bass an electric piano and four tracks to work with. You know? Yeah. 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 And you're already thinking if you're already thinking if I bounce what I would bounce, I maybe can get six tracks out right. of this or whatever. Exactly. And that's it. Yeah. And if I sing at the same time I'm playing, I can get, you know, <laughs> I mean, and that's what that's what most of my four tracks are. It's like it doesn't sound like four tracks. But. I did the same thing. Yeah, I, was, I you know, I've been there too. I made you know tons of stuff on the four track cassette player, and then once yep. you get into that other world, yeah, you spend half of your time deciding what. Yeah, I found it paralyzing. I found yeah, it like yeah. I couldn't decide like where to start. Like what should, what should I do to start? I can do any of this stuff. Yeah, you know? yeah. And it's just, yeah. So definitely, your limitations define your style. Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think so. You know. 
Um, I don't want to run out of time because it seemed like it went by too fast. So um, I'm not going to ask you to come back because you, I appreciate you came, oh, I would love came to all come the way back. from Worcester. I would love to come back. This is, this come is back fun. someday because I want to I talk more. I don't, you know, I feel like it kind of flew by. I have questions that will prompt um, to like a cu- just like a couple of wrap-up questions. In sure. case. Was there anything that we didn't talk about that you want to briefly? Anything that you came to say? No. That you, you don't feel, you feel like everything's cool? I feel like everything's cool. You're yeah. just going to keep rocking and rolling? Just going to keep doing what I do. Okay. That's Hopefully cool. get to produce more albums. That's, that's kind of the area where I'm kind of yeah, right? pushing now. Yeah. So that be, that'd be, might be next. Yeah, that's cool. All right. Um, uh, Desert Island albums. Um, how many? Five. Five. Yeah. See. Or, or, or so. Because I know what you mean. Wow. It's impossible. It just is just impossible. give us an idea of who you are, so who are some of your heroes. All right. Cetera. So Dark Side of the Moon. Sure. Uh, wow. Yeah, right. Uh, one Beck album. I'm not sure which. Sure. Uh, Midnight Vultures. We'll just leave it at yeah, that. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> kind of blue. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, sure. Um, you know, there's a band. Well, it's not really a band, but uh, there's a band, Delirium, that I used to listen to. It's two guys oh, up know. in Canada. Do you know them? No. Uh, they <clears throat> they basically it's it's electronica. Okay. But they write these electronica tracks and then they ship them out to female vocalists all over the world. Oh, that's cool. Who sing, write lyrics yeah. and sing over them and send them back. So they've done a couple of albums that are kind of, mm-hmm. that would be a desert island for me. Um, that's oh, cool. Jeez. Uh, Let It Be, maybe. Or Abbey Road, one of those two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, sure. Did you watch the whole Get Back thing? Did you watch all the Twice. Yeah, right? Twice. It's yeah, amazing. We could, we could talk about Right? Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. Yes. You know? It's a whole different impression of what... what That's it, right. You know, and like everybody thought, oh, at the end, they were all fighting and everything. They're having a blast. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, there's some tension or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But Let It Be is an album I owned, you know, when I was in high school or whatever, and I know those songs sure. so well. And sure. to, to see the germination and the progression. And see like, the actual take. Yes. Like you picture in your mind what... And you're like, you're seeing it, right? They're doing it right now. Like, yes. they, this is the take that was on the album. Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I thought, I thought that was so well done. So crazy. Yeah. You know how long it took? Well, I think I, f- I kind of figured this out, but I didn't understand it until I saw it. But do you remember, like, being younger and looking at pictures from those sessions and thinking that John Lennon's playing a jazz master or something, a guitar? Yeah. And then you realize, oh, that's a Fender six string. It, there's he's playing bass. Yes. Oh, the Fender six string bass. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. But like it, it looks like a like a jazz master. Yes. Or, 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 uh, and uh, it has a distinctive sound. Yeah. Like you can hear it. Not, like once you see that and you hear it on the like yeah, on the yeah. take. Yeah. Right. And right. And like, then you start to realize. A, yeah. You realize. But I'm just like, oh, I get it. When Paul goes because they're trying to play live, so when Paul goes to piano, they're doing Long and Winding Road or whatever, and John's playing that, and I'm like, oh, he's playing bass. Yes. And then when I saw the thing, I'm like, oh, it's plugged into the basement. I'm like, oh, okay, he's the bass player. I get it. Now I get it. Yeah, yeah. But it took me a while to understand that because I would see the pictures and go, it just didn't register that I'm like, you're playing bass right now. That's what this is. Lennon's guitar playing blew me away in that whole thing. Like, right? Like, like, like lap you know, steel. you kind of know what George Harrison can do, and you know what Paul McCartney can do from all this stuff on the solo yeah. albums and stuff like that. But like, Lennon's parts on the song "Get Back" are just like, mm-hmm. and and like everything he does, like that just kind of that 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 kind of blew me out. Like his rhythm guitar playing just kind of blew me out. And then the leads on "Get Back," I'm, that's what I'm thinking. I'm like, he was heading towards being a lead player. In a way, because he played lap steel. Yes, yep. and I'm like, so he was into it still. Like he was, she was trying to do stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of cool. Yeah, that's cool. And also cool to see the Abbey Road germinations that are also in that. You yeah, know, that they had just started. You know, I know it's crazy, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Ringo just sounds great, no matter oh, no matter what. Yeah, just, yeah. It's, brilliant. It's insane. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's kind of cool when they bring in something new and Ringo's just, he's like, he doesn't yeah. know it and he's just holding it down yeah. and yet it's still, like, it's so solid anyway. Can't. Yeah. Yeah, you can't mess with Ringo. No. Um, Desert Island food. Desert Island food. Wow. Uh, some sort of yellow curry chicken. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Mm. Or uh, Pap- Papadella Bolognese. Oh, I don't even know what that is. That's... uh. 
meat sauce. It's like really thick noodles. Papadella is like okay. thick fettuccine. Yeah. And uh, meat sauce. Yeah. yeah. That's pretty good. All right. Uh, is there any particular show, concert, that you can remember seeing that changed your whole trajectory or whatever? Wow. Well, yeah. I mean, the first time I saw The Dead yeah. was my first concert ever. Oh, uh, uh, And the first so. time I did Mushrooms all at once. And that was kind of, that kind of changed. Yeah, I think that, that, that would do it. That's <laughs> the big change, tra- trajectory change right there. Um, but since then, um, eh, nothing, that, nothing that hit me that hard. Oh, really? Yeah. So that, that was, what were you before that? Like, how would you define... Like, how did it change you? Like, it was a possibility of jamming? Like, what was it? Or what were you before? So, before I was Led Zeppelin, sure. um, Deep Purple, yeah. Steppenwolf, you yeah. know, it was very... He- I, I love the sound of... Heavy like, rock. Like, yeah, heavy yeah, rock. Yeah, yeah. I love the sound of that guitar. And so, I had already started listening to The Dead, because the other guys in the band were listening to The Dead, and so I had Europe 72 and stuff, and it just seemed kind of light and floaty to me, you know, and yeah. like, that's kind of cool. But then I went there and they, they had the wall of sound. Oh, okay. I, I got to see the wall of sound. So you were like, this has it all. Kinda. This is, this is, it's like, yeah, it, it, it's like a journey, you know, yeah. like, especially when they start the improv stuff, it's like, you, they, you know, they grab you with the song and then they just take you on this journey that, you know, that you can't get without, uh, from just playing a song. You know yeah, yeah, I mean? yeah. Because they're improvising, they're feeding off the energy. I mean, sure. and this is kind of influenced like, uh, you know, when in Max Creek and my, and in my Gordon band and, you know, in all the playing that I do that has that kind of improvisational stuff going on there, that's a whole thing to me of um, being in the moment, capturing the energy in the moment, you know, looking around and sure. playing off of people, playing off of objects that you see, playing yeah. off of the other band members and just combining that and not you know not thinking about what you're playing but but right. just, re, just total reflex reaction you yep. know that kind of a thing and so that was kind of the beginning of of that i guess yeah yeah you were like this is a thing this is a thing a thing you could do wow that's cool and you think that's what they that's what they were doing yeah. or that's what you perceived that they were doing that's what i perceived that they were doing i mean obviously if that is must be what they're doing right that must be why right because it's a it's a like an alchemy between that's why no two shows are the same right because yes. the audience that you're reacting I did audition to, for or, Phil Lesh and Friends back Mark and I both auditioned for Phil and Friends and so when we were wow his his philosophy was that it's New Orleans jazz that there's yeah. no that there's yeah, no, yeah, that, yeah. that everybody's playing Weaving. lead all at the same time yeah, sure. nobody's taking a solo that everybody's sure. leading all at the same time so that's kind of one element of it all and then you know, being able to, one of the big things um, about being in that kind of a situation is being able to hear while you're, and play at the same time, like being able to focus on some, what someone right. else is doing while you're doing sure. your thing, you know yep. what I mean? And so this kind of split mind kind of a thing. And then, I don't know. I, yeah, it, it's it's a thing. It's definitely yeah, yeah, a yeah. thing. Yeah, that's And funny. so, but, but right at the very beginning, I, I was going to say, there's something about being in a band with somebody for 50 years where you develop this ability, this yeah. chemistry that you don't get with anybody else. And yeah. even, even in, you know, other bands that, that jam or whatever, there's there's an element of that, but it's not like being in, in a band with 50 years with somebody where it's just, like, I can close my eyes and I, I can kind of know where everybody... Have you, but you haven't, but yet, it's interesting, you have not heard every possibility that the your combination can make true which is right that's why you still do it yes because you you can feel them what they're going to do but you haven't heard it all no definitely not and in fact i mean that's kind of what makes it makes it so that i'm not bored out of my mind after playing the same songs for 50 years it's like you pull into a song and and it's gonna you know it's gonna be different yeah there's no there's no question about is there just crazy question but like if you're gonna improv like that if you get to the part of the song where you know it's going to improv, is it a race to who's going to get the ball first? Like who's going to pull it in the direction? Or is it just an intuitive, like, can you tell who's going to start leading it? And then you just go, oh, okay, let me, let me. Um, 
Like, I know that's a crazy question. It's I, a, I, it is. Because, I mean, like, when we play question. with Jeff, we, yeah. it's kind of because just the way that we have to do it is that, like, it's like, okay, you're soloing. Right. You know yes. what I mean? So it's usually, like, if it's your song, you solo second, the other guy goes first, and then you close it, and that's kind of how it's structured. The unwritten rule. So yeah. there's not really too... Well, I mean, whatever. But, like, so, so how do you guys do it? <laughs> it's interesting because... You know, are you familiar with modes? Yeah. So modes are like, you know, they say, oh, just play on the white keys, and 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 it's the D mode is the Dorian. If you start on the E, it's the whatever it is, sure. or the F or whatever. So basically, you can say, for any set of of notes, it can be in any any of seven keys. And so basically, the bass player determines what what key you're in at okay. any at any given point in time All and right. what mode you're in, kind of a thing. So there's that, and then there's there's also you know, Mark can play and he can just change one of the notes. And by changing one of the notes, he's changed the mode and he's indicated to me that he wants to go here. In, in, and that puts you in a different mode. P puts you in a different mode and also kind of shifts like where's the, where the, where's the, where's the, where's the chords, where, you know, where's the center of this, yeah. of this whole thing or whatever. So there's all these little technical nuances or whatever. But at the same time, there's something to be said where everybody just goes for it and things happen that you can't explain that you can't, yeah. you know, you yeah. know, that it's, 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 yeah. it's magical. It's mystical. You know, a lot of yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. is coming from there and going yeah. through our heads and, yeah. you know, you know, through the top of our heads and out our fingers without any kind of thought, you know? So, yeah, well, that's, that's what you, that's what you want to kind of get to. Yeah. So that's what the experience with those people, at least you the confidence to know that like, all right, we can go wherever we need to go. Kind of, yeah, and not be afraid to train wreck, not be afraid to to, to fail, you know, and, and um, um, because out of out of the chaos comes order, you know what I mean? Well, like that's what they say. So. Or more chaos. Or more chaos. <laughs> or more chaos. <laughs> I'm good with either personally. But. Well, yeah, you know, yeah, no, it's it's you know, if I I I, I yeah, it's hard. I'm not an I'm not an improv. Believe it or not, I don't consider myself an improv guy. I'm a song guy. So it's really hard for me when we're in those scenarios to like, I'm just literally letting other people move my hands and that's the way I do it. Yes. You know, because I'm just kind of like, you know. That's kind of it. You're letting everything around you move your hands. Right. It's a, it's funny because, you know, we've gone through some drummers or whatever and, and as the drummers come in, I kind of have to explain certain things to them like playing in one and so there's no four four you're not always landing on the oh, four wow. you're not always landing on eight yeah, yeah. You, you know you can land on what you can land on three and then the next time you can land on seven wow. or whatever you know you're just playing in one without a downbeat because it's yeah. so easy to be like i see to fall into that four four thing but it's like that's I gonna see. that's gonna limit your freedom oh wow you know what i mean i never it's, went we never went that out no i'm always okay so are you disappointed that i'm 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 always in form. No, I don't no, know no, any no, because no, I don't no. have a lot of experience. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I'm still thinking of, you know, if we're still in a twelve bar or we're, you know, I'm yeah, still, yeah, yeah. I'm still because I think that's what we what guitarist oh, is yeah. me, guitarist, yeah. me, you, Jeff, and Dave. It's more song, but yes, right, yes. So we're not completely. I didn't know I could do that. Okay, this changes everything. So I could <laughs> I could play in one. What time so for example, one. as an example, <laughs> that's funny. There was something that we were playing, where we had broken out of the out of the form, but we were still in four four, and yeah. and and I started doing this repeating lick, and the repeating lick sounded like it was going to end on the next one, and I didn't. I just let let it keep going yeah. over, so that sure. now we're no longer in the eight bar phrase. Where right. we've gone over the eight bar phrase, yeah. and now who knows where the eight bar phrase can be kind of a thing. And yeah. I like I like pushing those envelopes. I like oh. I like messing with drummers' heads. Oh. I like playing things Is in, that what was happening? In five. I like playing things in eight, Oh that's you funny. know what I mean in seven. And of course I think that we're still in four and you're just playing over the bar line. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a two ways to look at the same thing. <laughs> yes, yeah. definitely. That, so Hey well maybe that's why it kind of works in a way because we're we're doing the same thing but diff from different totally all, all, you know and Jeff has his own thing and Dave has we have our own oh, yeah. thing yeah yeah it's a great it's a great chemistry because I, we bring our individual things in there our individual styles in there and combine them into this thing I hope so that's greater than the sum of its parts right that's what it, yeah that's that's what it's supposed to be oh uh oh we we're going over I don't want to run out oh. 
All right, we're good. That camera's still running. I don't care if yeah. that one is because that one's on me. So yeah. who cares? Everybody knows what I look like. We're good? Yeah, let's go. All right, all right. We're going to go because we, we, we ran over. But you got to come back because we just got started. I know. I know. There's so much more to talk about. Yeah, I know. Well, listen, uh, Scott Murawski came all the way from Worcester to be here. So thank you for uh, having me. Really of course. appreciate it. I asked you a long time ago. I know you did. Yeah, because I, I, wanted, I wanted you pretty early, but... um. You know, I'm glad that it finally happened, and uh, yeah, come back. We'll, we'll give it. We'll give it a while, and then you come back again. Yeah, definitely. Happy to. Yeah, I really appreciate it. That was that was fun the other night. Yes. Um, Scott Morawski, guitar player, legendary. <laughs> In his own mind, anyway. Yeah. Well, hey, <laughs> hey, you know what? Yours is the only mind that counts. You know what I'm saying? All right, I'm gonna press the button. There we go. All right, John Peckman Podcast, Connecticut Valley School Music and Dance. Come over the bridge, go through one set of lights, turn around, look for us, red neon light in the window. You can have your own podcast here in our beautiful studio. Dave will tell you how, tell your friends. Uh, I'm going to reach out to John Spignazzi for next week. Okay, that's going to happen right now. Awesome. All right, Scott Murawski, thank you very much for making the trip. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. See you next time. That is all.